4: Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer and this is my brother Jonah
2: We're two
5: siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today
4: Who are pretty cool if I do say so myself
5: Welcome to How Did We Get Weird
4: Uh, um thanks for being on time today do you remember how when we used to go to school growing up it was very hard for us to be on time
5: yes i do remember um well before we could drive i remember waiting for the school bus and we could see it out the, f- the front window of our house so you would be like frantically trying to get your backpack and shoes on before the bus came and then you would kind of see it coming and you try to like ru- we had a super long driveway so you'd have to run such down a it. long driveway yeah and then if you missed the bus then our parents had to drive us to school and um yeah i remember just like so i mean i feel like that's maybe where like so much internalized anxiety comes from like they're just like knowing any second now the bus this is going to come the bus is going to come yeah. with
4: it yeah and we would always cut it super close or miss the bus and i remember once uh you and i had the same doc martin like like high tops, uh, growing up, I I guess, I don't know if you'd call those high tops, but same Doc Martin boots. And, um, one time I wasn't going to school. I think I was sick and you were running really late for the bus and you grabbed mine and kind of ran to the bus half in them. But then once you got to school, you realized they were too small on you.
5: What's funny is I don't remember that, but I feel like that's the kind of thing that would happen to me. And I would just be like, okay. And I would like never, it wouldn't be that big of a deal to me at that time in my life.
4: Yeah. It reminds me of the time that I got called into the nurse's office at school because your like piercing in your chin fell out, and they she wanted me to help with it for like sanitary reasons because we were related. Anyways, we, <laughs> we had a lot of adventures <laughs> going to school. I remember then once we were in high school, we were always late because you would make us late.
5: Yeah, well, you were like an honor student. Um, I was not in, in any honors program. I. And I feel like we had to be at school so 7.30 in the morning. So I yeah. was always running late. And I felt like you were basically late to first period probably almost every day because of me.
4: Yeah. But I also felt really cool being late to school because of you or just coming to school with you in general because you would blast all this punk music. And it, it like really made me feel cool to have that like playing out of the car when I was like, you know, I wasn't really a legit punk. Um, I wasn't a legit punk such as yourself, Jonah. Well, <laughs> yeah. believe it or not,
5: I just remember like how weird it was parking in our school parking lot because there would be like right like I had like a Volkswagen Jetta, but then there would be like super rich kids where I'd like yeah. park between like two Hummers and just yeah. how weird that seems now for like these like 16 year old kids to have like sports cars.
4: Totally. And I remember how weird it was because we would pull in and everyone was <laughs> listening to quiet music and our car was like, We're going to <laughs> like it was like the yelling guys, which I guess is hardcore punk which
5: band was a yelling guys they
4: were all yelling guys yeah. it was always a song with yelling guys
5: yeah i had some yeah d- our dad's friend helped us get some like 12 inch speakers i had in the trunk i had a really loud system.
4: that's right you had speakers and it the- feels so unnecessary yeah it was
5: like it was so unnecessary but it got so loud but yeah i mean that was i i like just loved listening to loud music in my car which now what if i pull next to a car playing loud music it's something I cannot even imagine myself doing. I'm trying to like, yeah, but it's back yeah. then. I don't know.
4: You are just the coolest, Jonah, and thank you for giving me so much cred.
5: No problem. I didn't even know that I was giving you cred. I thought, it was yeah, just made you just late to class. You so. have been
4: your, well, you have been our whole lives. So, wow, well, what a sweet moment.
5: Well, you've you've done well for yourself too. So don't don't sell yourself short.
4: Thanks so much. Well, let's get into our guest today. <laughs> Um, our guest today, we're so, so excited to have him. He's an actor. He's a writer. He's a comedian. You've seen him on Southside, High Maintenance, The Boys, and as Jared on Insecure, and his recent work on HBO's Pause with Sam Jay. But most importantly, he hosts a wildly popular podcast, My Mama Told Me. Please welcome Langston Kerman.
6: Wow. Ooh, this, <laughs> can I say, that was the sweetest interaction <laughs> I've ever, I, I've i dreamt of having those interactions with my siblings, of somebody just being like, you've done pretty well for yourself, too. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
6: Beautiful.
5: Well, it's, 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 have you ever had someone tell you they've, you've given them a lot of credit? It's a hard thing to sort of respond to. It is. And I, I didn't, you probably get I didn't it all envy
6: time. your position in that moment to have to, <laughs> to come up with a, a charming retort. to Yeah.
5: <laughs> it doesn't happen often. That's unprecedented.
6: Yeah. No, it was a tough spot to be in. I, too, uh, <laughs> found myself taking the bus to school, but I don't know that uh, we had the same bus experience. I, I wasn't I wasn't often late because the bus is where most of the fights happened at my school. And so Papa needed a front seat to whoever was going to be punching each other in the head that day. And that, that was always exciting.
4: Wow. Wow. I don't remember a ton of fights on the buses with us, but um, <laughs> I think... Yeah.
6: They're the best fights, I would say. Of all the fights, the bus fights are the best because uh the space is super contained and it's just uh it can only last like 12 seconds before like so either an obstruction happens, somebody's body gets in the way or the bus driver pulls over and now an adult who we don't respect is involved. It's all fun.
4: Right, right. Now were you ever involved in the fights or were you just like kind of a the audience
6: no never i'm a coward i i i instigated (laughs) fights i chimed in when uh when it seemed as if nobody was paying attention and and sort of added punch lines to whatever uh punching was happening but no i wasn't i wasn't fighting anybody
5: those bus drivers are definitely not paid enough for having to deal with that no
6: and and it shows they do not (laughs) care for the work and they do not care about the children that they're transporting
5: yeah. yeah, yeah. So did you transition to driving to school or what was your kind of high school getting to school experience like?
6: Yeah, I. so I got I took the bus through middle school and then uh, because my middle school was way further than my high school was from from my home. And then by the time I got to high school, I think I I either got like rides because I would like show up super early for like basketball practice or whatever activities or I would walk. Uh, which I think by then I had like a group of friends who was like, yeah, we'll walk a mile and a half together and that's cool. And wow. I don't know why that was cool. I think in <laughs> retrospect. We should have happily <laughs> learned, you know, how to do something else. But we were like, yeah, we're the walk guys. This is nice.
4: We were weirdly not, it was a rule, we were not allowed to walk to school. Whoa. So it was like, if you, if you, we, and we lived pretty close to our school. We are probably like a mile and a half away from our school, which actually not that close. If you, th- no. like I can't imagine <laughs> yeah. actually, but like, yeah, people would, it, it was like, a, it was very like, you know, if you get caught walking to school, actually, I don't know what would happen.
5: I don't know. You weren't allowed to leave. You weren't allowed to go to McDonald's. You'd sneak out and go to McDonald's for lunch, but you could get in big trouble. Were you allowed to leave uh, your school? Yeah, we thought we were very kind of contained.
6: Oh, so these were school rules. This wasn't just like your family said no, you can't yeah, go. No, yeah. The school, school wouldn't let us rules. walk to school. It
4: was like, which was, there. I remember there was this one girl, Caitlin Stork, who literally lived across the street from the school, and she had to take the bus. Whoa. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That's remember. insane. Yeah she had to take the bus and she was a really good student she was maybe our valedictorian or like salut salutator
6: yeah i don't <laughs> know how to say papers. it either i'm not gonna help you <laughs> but she
4: <laughs> <laughs> she um she was so she like listen you know she took the bus every day
6: what a waste of taxpayers uh know, hard right? the money that's crazy
5: yeah yeah and then i remember for senior prank someone broke into where they kept the buses and slash yes. the tires on all the bus. <laughs> that, <laughs>
4: so that was my senior year. Yeah. yeah. Did they do that your year too?
5: No, I don't think so. But I think, I, I think I heard about it. I mean, it was, big it was news. so
4: great. Cause we got to go to school late then. It was so, yeah. it was so, and actually um, <laughs> my, the, my friend was one of the people who did it. Like there was like a group of like six guys and they were like, he told me about it the night before they did it. And, and he was like, he was like, and he I, he was going to, I'm giving you a lot of details. He was going to be at my prom date. And oh, he nice. was like, and w- there was a rule that like, if, if, um, if someone gets caught doing a senior prank, they won't be allowed to go to prom. Yeah. And so, and so I, so he was like, I'm going to do this prank. He's like, I don't think we're going to get caught, but if we if we if we do then like i won't be able to go to prom and i was like <laughs> i was like oh i was like i'll go without you like i
6: didn't i might ruin your prom night forever yeah, and yeah. always yeah. so that i could be a part of a senior prank
4: don't worry either <laughs> yeah, way uh, yeah, it's exactly. gonna be worth it <laughs> exactly but then the next day we went to school like like it, it was like on the news like orange schools are delayed two hours because like there was because like the something with the the buses and whatever. And I was like, I was so like freaked out about it. Cause I was like, am I complicit in this crime? Like I was so like <laughs> freaking out. Then once I got to school, I was like loving that I knew. Cause I kept, I started, kept going up to people and being like, who do you think did this? This is wild. <laughs> like, I was so excited to be like in on the crime that I was just like, man, this is crazy. Like we better find out who, who these hooligans are. Like, you know, like, and I knew everyone who did it. And I was just like loving it. And then, um, and and then they all did get found out um, oh, no. a few days later. And then, the but then the school let them go to prom because they didn't want to ruin their dates, uh, prom experiences. Oh, nice. But again, as someone, I don't, my focus was very much on myself going to like, and so I, I remember being like, you guys didn't have to do that. Like we would have still all gone, I think, but um, maybe not everyone felt that way Uh, because i wasn't going from like this was like a friend i was going with it wasn't like a romantic like if i don't get to go with him i won't have like uh, oh you
6: were fine either way yeah 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 yeah. big deal yeah i do i will say that i do appreciate a senior prank that uh actually uh has a a an an effect out in the world like it's much better than I feel like for our senior prank, somebody like put a bunch of baby oil on the main steps and just made people fall and shit. And it's like, okay, well, that's not helpful, gentlemen. Like, let's do something that actually benefits the whole of the senior totally. class. You know what I mean? It
4: was it was so great because I remember we had like tests and st- I mean, probably nobody else was thinking as much about this because I I was very into school, but we had tests that like. We didn't have to finish them because of the time limits. Like like it sort of like academically was like very helpful too. But yeah, it totally, t- like I remember, I think it was when I was in, we had eighth grade in the high school and when I was in eighth grade, Jonah, do you remember this? The seniors put a bunch of grasshoppers like all over the school and then by the time we got to school they had basically all been like vacuumed up which just felt like so (laughs) sad (laughs) because it was just like they just killed a bunch of grasshoppers before we got in
6: you guys just (laughs) set up a a grasshopper genocide real quick and then yeah everyone got their day like regular
4: yeah very sad
5: yeah i remember during graduation they were like when you shake the principal's hand, put a marble in your hand. Everyone's going to give him a marble, and then he's not going to know what to do with all the marbles. And like I was just like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Like yeah. I just want to get out of here. I'm 18. Good <laughs> like, for you, Jonah. You made the Thank right you. choice. Thank you. Thank you.
4: Did people do it?
5: I don't know. Maybe some people did. I was. I don't. I don't remember. Yeah. I
6: hope it was just one kid. Just yeah. one kid did the marble thing and yeah. tried to convince a lot of other people to do it, but only he did it, and and it was embarrassing and sort of yeah. awkward for him.
5: Yeah, yeah. yeah. and so it's like, where am I supposed to get marbles? I don't even know where you get marbles. <laughs> <laughs> 1998, I don't know. That feels like you could have figured that out if you would.
6: <laughs> Honestly, 1998 feels like prime time for finding marbles Yeah, I guess somewhere. you're right.
5: I guess you're yeah. right. You're right. There are probably marble stores all around us.
4: I bet you, at that time, could get marbles at like a pharmacy Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a little in like a little fishnet bag
6: yeah walgreens had to have a ton of marbles back then yeah yeah where would you right. get them today uh amazon.com yeah from, yeah you're right From daddy bezos himself he'll send <laughs> you marbles
4: right. you're right you're right what do you do with marbles you play a game
6: yeah technically i believe the game is that you're it's it's you're meant to knock the marbles out of the center that like you're it's like a competition almost like uh what's that that uh the the slidey ball thing you know what i'm talking about the big like uh like
4: on a big bo- like on a big like you, yeah. you're standing and you like push the ball on the big thing
6: yeah oh shuffle right <laughs> i love that i love that we needed help for uh <laughs> <laughs> for very popular American games. But the point is marbles is sort of like shuffleboard, but it's more in the middle. So like you you create a center and then you you try to get your marble in the center and then you try to knock other people's marbles out of the center is my
5: I
4: understanding.
0: See.
5: I think you're right. I just remember that. Do you remember that Marble Madness video game? Do you remember that, Langston? No, I don't. It was like a game where you kind of like tilted the screen and you would like have like a marble that would move around. It was a oh. pretty, pretty cool game.
6: I remember the um, the analog version of that, not the video game, but those like cheap toys that you would get where like there's a marble and you have to make a like follow the path with it. I assume it's it's something similar to that.
7: Yeah.
4: Well, there's also those little remember like in um, when you would go home from a birthday party, if you would get like a little bag of stuff, we we would always get those little squares that like had a little marble or had like a little ball in them and they would go through a maze and you would do you know what i'm talking about
6: that's that shit yeah Yeah. there it is yeah
4: i wonder if they still well probably have them on (laughs) amazon.com
6: daddy bezos he makes it all they they do i worked
5: at a gift shop last year uh briefly a couple years ago and we sold like like free trade like um they make all that stuff you can get it like free trade uh like locally made toys for kids now (laughs)
6: who are these local people that are still carving weird mazes and then putting marbles
5: in them i don't know it's a good question it's a great question
4: i don't think i have the reason one of the reasons i think i never played with marbles is because i would be so mesmerized by them because i really didn't know if they were cat's eyes oh (laughs) are some of them called like cat's eye marbles
6: they look like cat's eyes
5: yeah, they I think look- I've heard that. Langston, to give you a little background, Vanessa um, also had a box collection of antique boxes. She <laughs> was really dra- drawn to fine craftsmanship uh, at that age. Just okay. the craftsmanship.
4: <laughs> That's such a nice way of putting it. That I is. Just-
6: it's, and it's also a very concise way of summing up a person's uh, situation, <laughs> let's call it. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, my sister collected boxes. Anyway, go on. <laughs>
4: Yeah, like we'd go on a trip and I'd buy like, you know, I'd get a little box that said like Florida or something. <laughs>
6: <laughs> oh boy. I don't I don't think I had any uh, collections that uh that even come close to collecting boxes. I think I inherited my dad's coin collection and then moved on.
4: Oh, that's yeah. do you do you still have it? Do you still have the coins?
6: No, I wasn't invested at all. He <laughs> You know, it's one of those things where like um where you think that you're finding something valuable because you find some penny that says like 1939 and you're like, hey, dad, check this out. And then he looks at it and he's like, well, it's technically not worth anything because it has a S on it and not a D or it it isn't clean the right way or yeah. the president is facing in the wrong direction. It's like, all right, man, fuck off. I'm going to bed. I right. like what what is this
4: game yeah. that you're
6: playing here?
4: Yeah, I could see that being very frustrating.
5: Mm -hmm. It hasn't been as lucrative as your box collection. I was going to say,
4: I would really accept most any box into the collection. And, um, (laughs) you know, porcelain boxes, wooden boxes, just, uh, you know, anything, uh, anything. And perhaps
6: a box from Daddy Bezos at Amazon.com. You know,
4: and look, are, are the boxes all still in my parents' basement and are are they, every time I come home, are they like, Vanessa, you got to get rid of these boxes? Yes. But, and my mom was like, you can take, <laughs> you can take like a selection of the boxes back with you to LA and then we'll donate the rest. And I'm like i'm keeping all the boxes and they're staying right here
6: (laughs) i'm not moving these boxes at all good luck
4: family we got these boxes for life and everybody knows it we're gonna go to a quick commercial break but we'll be right back with langston
0: On how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors.
1: You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: at purdueglobal.edu.
3: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast
2: is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA.
4: He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... <laughs>
0: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.
5: And we're back. Today, we're going to talk about something that Vanessa and I were not familiar with until this week, but now we're kind of obsessed with. Oh. Yes. And this was your topic, Langston, so thank you for that. It is the And One mixtape. Yeah. And so... For our listeners that aren't familiar with this, could you maybe just sort of explain a little bit what it is? Yeah.
6: So the N1 mixtapes were, were, uh, sort of America's introduction to street basketball. It was like a bunch of random dudes who who were not professional basketball players, at least in the, the traditional sense, your NBA players, who, but were fucking talented, like very talented people. And they would they just were nasty. They would do co- cool moves that weren't even legal. Uh, in in professional basketball, weird crossovers and dunks, and they dance in your face after they embarrassed you in front of your family. And I loved it. I couldn't get enough of the N1 mixtapes as a child.
5: So, like, what age were you sort of when you were, like, peak and one fan? Oh, uh, I
6: was probably, I think I probably really found N1 around, like, 8 to 10, I would say. N1... Uh, at the time, uh, there was there were a, ju- a bunch of players who were really cool, but on top of that, they also started uh, a clothing brand. And at the time, the clothing brand was really cool because it it uh, it was really big shirts and really baggy shorts to play basketball in, you know how uh, easy that makes for playing basketball <laughs> totally. and uh, and on top of that, all their shirts had like cool, uh like phrases written on them basically like trash talking phrases so it'd be like you you brick so many shots you could build a house and that would be written on the <laughs> shirt or it would be like you you don't dribble good and your mom's a whore and like that would be on the the shirt and you'd get so excited because you you were shit talking in your clothes
4: yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I was just feeling. I was just thinking about how is it is such a strong move to like wear clothes that say stuff on them.
6: Yes, <laughs> like yeah. in any, it, yeah. It's it's very daring. <laughs> it's, it's very much in the way that I, I. And you know, it maybe it's the same as a person putting on juicy when maybe that thing isn't that juicy. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah
4: exactly.
6: You're you're wearing the the shirt that you want to believe you can. For stuff you think you can do out in the world. You know what I
4: mean? It feels like you have to have so much confidence with it. I'm going to make a comparison that might not really track, but um, I live in a neighborhood where there's a lot, people do so much Halloween decorating. Mm -hmm. And we were outside, I was walking with my friend outside this beautiful house and it was so decorated for Halloween in such a crazy way, like more than most houses. And then the guy who lived there was like outside on his phone and he was just like on, this, like on his front porch, like talking on the phone. And I was like, <laughs> I feel like the story isn't going to land well. But I was like, is he so embarrassed to be like an adult man, like standing in front of a house that's decorated so much?
7: Uh-huh.
4: <laughs> <laughs> now follow me here. In the same way that like if you're wearing a shirt that says like anything, like don't talk to me before I have my morning coffee or whatever. Do you like... Then when you make eye contact with other people, are you like, oh, I, don't know. I shouldn't have done this, you know,
6: <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't you can't talk you to me. I, yeah. I, I don't know.
4: Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like that story might not have been as relevant as I thought it was about the guy <laughs> in the Halloween house. But I just think like. Yeah, very but very cool that and one um did did the trash talking for you, you know.
6: Yeah, it was it was uh it was just a dope period in I think in basketball where we were transitioning out of sort of like this buttoned up version of what yeah. basketball was, which is a weird thing to think about in terms of basketball. But it was like, this is back when, you know, NBA players were expected to wear suits everywhere they went. And like Michael Jordan was just a nice, uh, this is before we knew he was a monster, but Michael Jordan was a nice man who loved his family and never did anything wrong. And then, you know, and one came around and they were just like, Hey man, I'm about to dunk on you in front of everyone you ca- that knows you and cares about you. It was great.
5: Yeah. yeah. Was that the era of like Detroit Pistons like the Bad Boys?
6: This is this is, this is years after Bad Boys. Years I after think. Bad Boys. Uh, okay. This would be sort of in the the wake of the the This is like late 90s early 2000s. Okay. Is, okay. So okay. So like Allen Iverson I think uh, in a lot of ways is kind of uh, uh, synonymous with, not synonymous, but sort of like runs parallel with like the and one culture, if that makes sense.
5: Got it. Got it. I was really into sports until about like seventh grade. So all of my references are like, <laughs> now I'm like, oh, is this guy still playing? My dad's like, yeah, he's a coach. Um, but but I, I've been watching a lot of the AN one videos. And one, one player I've been very impressed with is uh, the professor.
6: Oh, the professor, of course.
5: Yes. I mean, could you describe him? Do you have any thoughts on the professor?
6: Oh, I have plenty of thoughts on the <laughs> professor. <laughs> I thought you might. Uh, hmm. <laughs> the professor was was white. People's first uh first introduction to the N1 mixtapes, and he was fun because N1 was so much about shit talking, right? That and th- I think it in some ways it also was sort of like a cool liaison into comedy, where it's like I like sports, and then they say mean things when they play sports. This is hilarious. So it was all of that for me. But th- uh the professor is interesting. His name is Grayson, by the way, so he's very white for anyone who, who's <laughs> unfamiliar. But the professor uh was sort of like this cute blonde haired kid who was playing with all these big like athletic black dudes and he was nice he could he could dribble better than almost everybody his passes were insane he did crazy layups and sort of trick moves and no one uh that they played against n- took him seriously until he would embarrass everybody which only added to the the uh the pizzazz of it all
4: yeah
5: Wow. Yeah, and what's more amazing is the way they're doing it in these clothes. Like you were saying that is are so big that they're oh, dribbling yeah. between their legs and it's like it's in, yeah, it's insane. Have you followed what what the professor has been doing more recently?
6: I have. And and he's now turned into some sort of Christian basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> where he he like goes from random park to random park uh, across the world. Now he like has a very popular YouTube following and Instagram following where he'll go to like uh, Singapore and just play random people at parks there. And then like cut up uh, like footage of him crossing people over and then hugging them afterwards and telling them that that God loves them. And, and yeah, it's, wow, it's fascinating.
4: Wow, man.
5: Yeah, he's taking that street ball thing in a whole different direction, I guess.
6: He has. There's prayer now in it, and uh, <laughs> I knew him when he was getting yelled curse words. But you know, it's different vibes, I guess.
5: For sure. Did you play that the And One video game at all? We found out about the video game recently.
6: I did not play the And One video game. I know nothing of this.
4: Oh, yeah. I can tell you that um, it came out in 2006. I have a couple facts here. Oh, um, nice. The PlayStation Two version received quote mixed reviews while the xbox (laughs) (laughs) while the the xbox version uh received generally unfavorable reviews Um, wow so it seems like you didn't miss much
6: (laughs) no and thank god so if it came out in 2006 i had just graduated from high school and I think by that time I was pretty, uh, I, I knew I wasn't going to make the NBA. So I had sort of moved on from my dreams of, of playing. Certainly I wasn't playing video games of M1 mixtapes, but, uh, damn, that's a shame. They had their, their big shot and they blew it
7: yeah
5: it's true it's true were you did you play a lot of kind of basketball growing up or in high school during that period of your life i did i played
6: basketball that was my main thing through uh through junior year of high school and then i got cut from the team and then ended up like writing poetry after that so i took a big turn uh but i yeah even after that like i i I then like made technically made the team my senior year, but I quit to continue writing poetry. But then in college, I ended up playing as a practice player for my women's basketball team. So I was like basically like showing up every day to like uh get beat up on by these these very talented girls. So it it you know, I love basketball. I was wow. playing, you know, for most of my life.
5: I yeah. think giving up basketball for poetry is pretty cool i think that's
4: a pretty pretty cool
6: move yeah i don't know if most people would agree but i appreciate your encouragement
4: (laughs) (laughs) what kind of um what kind of poems were you writing at that time
6: uh i think uh in high school it was mostly love poems to girls who uh who were either mm, partially interested or uh, had moved on from uh whatever (laughs) our situation was that that's probably the the major theme of everything i was writing
4: And did you were you giving them to the girls or were you sort of just just kind of brooding with them? Oh, no,
6: I I made sure you heard it. If if you dated me, you heard those poems. Did it fix any of our situations? (laughs) It did not. But you were going to get every word I wrote down.
4: And were you like keeping yourself to like, were you like, I want to write a poem for this girl, but I want it to be like um, iambic pentameter or like i want it to be a limerick i want it oh no 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 this
6: was (laughs) this was uh 2004 when limericks no longer mattered and uh, iambic pentameter meant shit to any girls that i dated so right 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 i just yeah it was mostly just free verse it was me just writing down my thoughts i i had the good fortune of going to a high school that had like a pretty large spoken word club Like There were like 60 kids in the program uh, in my high school. And so uh, with that, I think we just it it wasn't as like weirdo uh, lame as I think it could have been if this were like one of those weird like three person clubs where our our books get knocked out of our hands and we don't know what to do with ourselves kind of thing.
4: And sorry, one more question about this. Would you would you? read them the poems or would you give them to them
6: so thank you for asking uh no i i'd often read the poems at our uh at our spoken word like um uh concerts that concerts the wrong word but it was sort of like our spoken word performances shows i would read the poems there uh, with the hopes that they would show up to said performances and they, they'd be, uh, left so aflutter by the things that I said that they would come back to me and our romance would begin again.
5: Did you get, get into slam poetry at all? Cause that seems like a really, like a, between basketball and poetry, that seems like this sort of performative type of poetry, you know, I don't know if I saw Williams, and all this stuff was that era. Yeah.
6: Saul Williams was, was exactly that era. And that is exactly why I think I gravitated so much to poetry. Like I was already, uh, writing poetry, right? I was interested in it, but then, you know, you're coming out of sports and it's like, wow, well, I, I, I want to compete. I want to do a thing. And so, uh, slam became like a nice, uh, transition into that. And I grew up in, in Oak Park in, outside of Chicago. So I know you guys are from Chicago, too.
4: Yeah, we're from Cleveland. But I but, but I lived in Chicago for a long time. Oh, tight. so, you yeah. know,
6: Oak Park then. Yeah. And so uh, Chicago has the largest can even today has the largest youth slam in the world.
4: Wow. And really? So, wow.
6: Yeah. It's this thing called louder than a bomb. And so, like, our team would compete every year. And uh, it became like a cool thing where like now I'm I'm writing poetry, but I'm writing poetry to fuck people up. You know what I mean? Instead of just writing it uh, for sad reasons. Amazing. Yeah, it was pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Now, did you ever speaking of being in Did you not not to take it away from your post? I mean, I, I I. I love hearing about your poetry. I feel like that's so Please. It, it also really served I, I don't you run like from any of this. <laughs> um, but just being from Chicago, did you ever see and one the and one tour like in person, like when they went to Chicago? Did you go?
6: I didn't. Uh, I wish I had. I don't think that that I uh, had like the wherewithal as like a young person i don't know if this this really you guys relate to this at all but i think a part of me always treated that as like a a foreign thing that like oh it's like seeing your favorite person in concert it wasn't until i got to like high school that i was like oh shit they they might actually come to where i live it was always like well i'll never be in the same room as uh as the professor or <laughs> or hot sauce. You know what I mean? Like, it was just me not, it never even crossed my mind that I could go and see them. So, no, yeah. I never got to do it.
5: Yeah, I remember being, like, in that, that kind of, like, pre-going-to-concert age where, like, I'm a little older than you. I'm 41. And so I remember, like, yeah. all these kids coming to school wearing, like, American Gladiator shirts. And they're like, we all went to see American Gladiators at, like, the arena. I was like, well, how did you guys know about, like, how do you even find out about stuff? I guess yeah. I mean, but... But yeah, yeah, people would go to that kind of stuff.
6: I remember uh, my dad one year took me to uh, to Family Double Dare, like, uh, Whoa. but not not the in studio one, the one that they would just like on oh,
4: tour. Sure. Yeah, yeah, they would
6: just go on tour and be in like a stadium somewhere and like do like random families and not film it. But like Mark Summers would be there. yeah. And I remember him like pacing the 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 like audience being like, we need another kid who's going to be our kid and me (gasps) going crazy. And he looked right at me and moved to a different person. (laughs) And that's why I've always maintained fuck Mark Summers. Yeah. For the rest of my life, I will go to my grave saying, fuck you, Mark Summers. I'll never forgive you.
5: Well, if it makes you feel any better, we just watched a Nickelodeon documentary and it, Mark Summers, I think, was probably hating every, every minute <laughs> yeah. of that. He's <laughs> in it a lot. Way he
4: also, he did say that um, at one point, his kids said to him, like, because he was going on those tours with yeah. Double Dare, and his kids were like, why do you spend the weekend with other people's kids, but not us? And so then Whoa. he said, like, the next day after his kids said that to him, he quit. So actually, you were part of the thing that got him to like stop working so in some ways you got back at him
6: (laughs) he looked me dead in my eyes and he was like i gotta get back to my family
4: yeah he probably that's probably why he didn't pick you because he probably felt so warm towards you like he was like if I pick this kid then it's gonna truly break my heart
6: he's like so I can't pass some this kiddie. curse on to another yeah. another beautiful child I have to end this here yeah
4: so he picked like a kid that he was like oh this kid will yeah, look at this yeah. i go over here yeah, yeah,
7: yeah.
5: yeah. i let, yeah. Yeah, I'll let come him pull a flag out. out of a giant nose
4: <laughs> Mark Summers also, Mark Summers he doesn't talk about it on the documentary but he Um, famously has very a lot of OCD which who doesn't but
6: sure (laughs) and I have to imagine that job must have contributed to it
4: well that's the thing is like is it the chicken or the like what Mm -hmm. that that job does seem I mean so fun for kids but like there's so much disgusting even just like imagery
6: yeah absolutely like you said green snot coming out of a a giant nose and you yeah. have to do this uh i i assume they're filming what like four episodes a day yeah five yeah. days a week just to be able to to satisfy our sick need to watch more noses have more boogers in them it's it's all bad
4: yeah but then he um he got right out of there once his kids complained and.
6: Maybe I need to make my peace with Mark Summers. Maybe maybe I can't go to my grave with these negative feelings towards. It could be kind who, of
5: liberating, you know, just to let it go, and not be carrying that around.
4: <laughs> yeah.
5: <laughs> all this all this gack covering
6: my heart. Yes. Is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
4: but exactly. you know, if it, also if it drives you, then that then hold on that's to. True. it. That's true. You use know? as inspiration. That's sure. True. If it's helping you to, um, did you watch, did you watch a lot of Nickelodeon growing up?
6: i loved it it was i was a nickelodeon kid i know there are some disney kids and oh, uh, we
4: were nickelodeon too yeah
6: yeah I disney kids weirded me out i'll be honest well because you had uh, to
4: pay for the disney channel so they you know
6: that was a bigger <laughs> issue for me as well our cable was limited we were no uh, but it just ah uh, nickelodeon was like edgy and cool and like i was talking to somebody about it today actually that like it didn't it, it is just now occurring to me as of recently that like all that had like Wu-Tang Clan on and Mary J. Blige. And they were singing their real songs, not like kid versions of the songs in front of audiences of 12 year olds. It was yeah, fascinating that work. That is
4: pretty crazy. Yeah. And if you watch this documentary, they also, Coolio talks about how like he did the song for Keenan and Kel's show. Mm-hmm. And it was like the most popular song he ever like it was like (laughs) it was like a huge deal like it was like yeah it's pretty crazy
6: if that doesn't make you uh do your hair the way coolio does his (laughs) hair i don't know what what has you know what i mean
4: right 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 totally
6: you you dedicate your work to being a a talented rap artist and the thing that propels you into to stardom is making the theme music to two boys uh (laughs) arguing about orange soda it's a bad combination for an adult man yeah Yeah. that's tough that is tough
4: i mean then he went on and did um dangerous minds
5: that mm-hmm.
6: music for for paradise. That.
4: yeah yeah i mean
6: <laughs> and all we have now is michelle pfeiffer in a leather jacket telling us that uh we can't get out the ghetto we can make something of ourselves thank you michelle
5: <laughs> yeah i don't think that movie would probably get be getting made anytime again soon i don't know
6: i don't think so, so either i think hard. that's why we don't bring it up for uh positive reasons anymore. yeah
5: yeah yeah you know i wanted to talk really briefly about your podcast my mom told me which oh um, yeah it's on an amazing network i hear (laughs) um but i mean what how would you sort of describe the podcast maybe um for people who haven't heard it who haven't heard it before
6: Oh, it's I love conspiracy theories and I happen to be black and have uh, a ton of uh, friends who happen to be black. So we just talk about black people and their conspiracy theories, which oftentimes are are there's a lot of Venn diagram crossover between uh, white conspiracy theories. But there is a different sort of like twist right at the end, which uh, makes it pretty it it makes it fun and and interesting and sort of a, a more nuanced uh, conversation than every other uh, insane person that's on the internet.
5: For sure. I mean, do you have any, I mean, cause it, to me, that's, it's fascinating. There's, there's so many kind of interesting topics. Are there any that you've done that kind of stand out to you or any that like, I just didn't know about so many of these conspiracies. So they're really interesting to listen about. Are there any, any favorites you have?
6: yeah i i mean i have a ton of them uh carl tart who's a very funny comedian um uh improv sketch dude who who came on and uh it's a conspiracy theory i've heard for for years now where we talked about uh the theory that women put menstrual blood you can't eat a strange woman's uh spaghetti because uh uh, women put their own menstrual blood in that spaghetti and make
5: you fall in
6: love with them
4: well i can speak for, to that that's true
5: <laughs> <laughs> and that's something you heard when you were younger it's something that i heard more
6: actually in uh early adulthood than i heard really as, like wow. a young young person but he's from uh he's from mississippi i believe and it is a very southern thing to like uh, think that you know? It's like uh, it has to do with like juju and and uh, magic and all that kind of stuff. That uh, voodoo, hoodoo, I believe, is the the sort of like actual term that's connected to it. But it's it's some sort of witch doctory shit.
4: Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's it's it was interesting too. I mean, we've been listening to your podcast, and it's interesting too that there is something. I mean, that's interesting that you heard it more as an adult, but it, there is also so, like, I remember so many of those conspiracy theories
7: yeah. from being
4: a kid. Like, cause as a kid, like you really, you're really like, Oh, this must be true. Like, this must be like, I was listening to the Tommy Hilfiger episode and it's like, oh. we all thought we were like, he was on Oprah. He said yeah. it like, <laughs> and it's true. It's like, what, which episode was it? It's like, yeah, he,
6: there's, there's literally no evidence of this yeah. actually existing. Yeah. What is but, it, what is what is it about Tommy Hilfiger? Uh that Tommy Hilfiger uh at some point in his early, early in sort of like the transition of Hilfiger clothing, uh Tommy jeans whatever it was, made a big announcement on Oprah that he did not want black people wearing his clothing. He he made it for like a certain class of people and black people did not represent yes. that class.
4: And what I think I heard, the version I think I heard was like Oprah got so mad at him that she like yelled at him on the show and she would never have him back again. And that maybe the reason we hadn't seen it was because she wouldn't, she refused to air the episode.
6: Yeah. I similarly had heard this story of the bravery that Oprah, Oprah put her foot down and she said, get out of here, Tommy. You never show your face around here again. You're dead to me. And then that had like it it had squashed his career at that point.
5: Yeah, I mean it's it's so fascinating to think about how these things spread during that era like before the internet, how everyone we could all hear these stories that like how how did they spread? Like how did people find out about this stuff?
6: Well, it's so fun because because in doing the research what I discovered is that it actually came from basically like some chain mail like a chain email from the Philippines. And it did actually come from a shitty thing that Tommy said, and shitty is a weighted term, but basically he went out and he said like, hey, please stop wearing knockoff versions of my clothing. It doesn't look as good. I don't like that. And a bunch of people in other countries were like, hey, forget you, man. You're like ruining our sweet deal when we make these these nice knockoffs and that's how we make our money. And so they made up a weird statement about Tommy Hilfiger uh. saying this thing. And then the email got circulated so many times that we in our middle schools were like, hell yeah, there it was it is. Tommy's a <laughs> yeah, racist.
4: Yeah, yeah. And you know what's so crazy is like, even though that stuff is so like, you hear it a lot in childhood and stuff, like I still feel like when I, like I would, I, I still like every time I'd see an ad for like a Tommy thing, I'd be like, why are people supporting this guy? Like, I, like, <laughs> <laughs> like even as an adult, I'm like, yeah this guy's a monster. I don't know what you know, <laughs> yeah
6: i i there's so many things that that uh that were hugely problematic and or wrong from from these conspiracy theories that circulate from being young that I still like you said i'm I'm still like mm, I, I know it's not right, but i yeah I, I can't No, I can't support old Tommy Hilfiger, even though he's done nothing wrong. He seems honestly like a sweet man.
4: Sweet, nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's also like a thing with Jewish people, I feel like, where your parents tell you that everyone's anti-Semitic. So Mm -hmm. you sort of think that like everything is somehow made by like an anti-Semitic. Like you can't, you shouldn't watch this or do this thing or this thing because they don't like Jews. Absolutely. You know, (laughs)
6: That was, uh, I don't, there's, we, in a similar episode, similar, we talked about uh, how uh, some people theorize that the, that Timberlands were made by the KKK, that the entire, like, uh, the thing is owned by the KKK and the tree on the, on the Timberland logo is actually connected to uh, hangings for, for slaves, right? Or for black people in general. But that said, uh, one of the things that, that sort of gets uncovered in all of that is that Timberlands were actually originally conceived and owned by Jewish people, but because of this weird rumor that got started, they got associated with so much anti-Semitism that it like did do damage to the, pro- like, the product at certain points.
4: Wow.
5: Wow. That's wild. But yeah, I mean, I think that's really interesting parallel because I think that, the idea of like a black conspiracy theory probably makes so much sense in the fact that like you know brought out you so marginalized you know taken advantage of brought over by you know slavery all this stuff obviously like how could you not think that things are against you on some level like with these conspiracies or do you think that's an element of it
6: yeah i do and i think in a in an interesting way or a really like uh important way, the goal isn't so much to just keep this like locked on, on black people, but to sort of show the ways that like, it kind of crosses over into all of our shit. You know what I mean? That like right. much in the way that, that, you know, these weird stories come up in the black community. They also come up in a lot of other marginalized communities. And then, our american community as a whole if whatever that means if that exists but like i do think that that it's not the it's not meant to be a thing where it's like this is for us and y'all ain't supposed to hear it it's like yeah no listen to it and recognize that you probably heard something very similar to it even if it isn't necessarily uh verbatim what you grew up with
4: yeah yeah. yeah
5: i think that's really smart i think that and i think that your podcast really does that really well and some of them are um are so dark yeah um, <laughs> like the, the the brandy stuff i found to be like really yeah, dark the all of that stuff yeah i didn't know yeah i mean i just didn't know any of this
4: stuff so, yeah, there's so much. There. some
6: of them get real sad uh if you if you take them seriously which is why i try to laugh through all of it because it's yeah it's heavy shit
4: we're gonna take another quick break and we'll be right back
8: Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, we are back.
4: And Langston, now we're going to play a game with you where we bring up Nostalgic products mm. Like product shows Stuff from our childhood That are now making a comeback And if you're into them You can give them A yes-stalgia
1: Yeah, stalgia And
4: if you're not into them You give them a no-stalgia
3: No-no-no-no-no-no-no-no-no-no-no-stalgia no no, 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 no,
4: no, no you are making a face like You look impressed by kind of How fun <laughs> these puns are And
6: I'm stalgia by By what you're putting together <laughs> here I love it
4: Thank you very much Well, to to give you the first product, um, (laughs) a popular snack that was discontinued but is now coming back is 3D Doritos. Mm. Doritos has announced that their three-dimensional snack, dubbed 3D Crunch, has hit the stores. Um, They come in spicy ranch and chili cheese nacho. And instead of the traditional flat triangles that we're all used to and and honestly love, um, they come in a conical shape and these were originally available between 1998 and 2004 Mm. but now they're they're back what what you know are you are you a dorito person are you excited about you know
6: i do love a dorito uh i'm a big fan and i do remember the the 3d doritos but i am going to say nostalgia to the Whoa. return of the 3D Dorito, because yes, I am a much uh, I, I have a, a much fonder, warmer memory of bugles, and I think bugles deserve to be brought <sighs> yeah. back and and celebrated properly instead of Doritos just uh, recycling their same flavors with new stuff.
5: Yeah, it's kind of a bugle ripoff. Well, let me let me ask you something, Lengthen. Let me see if this statement from uh, Rachel. <laughs> Ferdinando, that she's Frito-Lay's North American Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me see if the statement that she says changes your mind at all. Okay. What's exciting is that we didn't just bring back the original. We've evolved it to reflect the snacking trends of a new generation. We're thrilled to introduce a new version at a time when we could all use a small amount of joy. (laughs) What do you think? They've, They've evolved it. I, here's generation. what I don't like
6: about that is okay. it feels like she's trying to make this about like the the racial uh, uh, awakening of the country, but then pretend like it's just about bringing snacks. Do you know what I mean? Where she's like, America's in a tough place right now. <laughs> We just had an insurrection. Uh, all kinds of horrible things are happening. But uh Doritos the Doritos company is really here to support you and in and, and bring you a little bit of joy. It's like, no, yeah. I don't need yeah. your trickery. Yeah. Just say yeah.
5: I see what yeah. you're saying. I'm not exactly sure when she made this statement, but it was definitely in response to something bad happening in the world.
6: Yes, yeah. It, right? it felt like uh, you know a, a puppy was murdered on their campuses, and she was like, "Well, Doritos 3D. I guess we got to bring it back."
5: Yeah. yeah, yeah. It is really like a it is a kind of a funny name, though, to be like like this is a 3D dur- Dorito because it's <laughs> like you can touch all the sides. It like it's already 3D, isn't it? I mean, even
6: if it's yeah, flat. that's
4: such a good point. Yeah. We,
6: We've been 3D this whole time. Yeah, right. we're not
4: living in Flatland, so everything <laughs> is 3D. Yep. Did you guys ever watch Flatland and it's a whole um I did anyways, not,
5: but I didn't either. No. But
4: I think I either made it up or it was like a thing you <laughs> watched.
5: <laughs> it sounds a
6: little in like up.
4: middle school math and it's
5: I
6: remember Flat Stanley, but that that's about as far as uh flat uh titles that I'm familiar with. And
4: what was Flat Stanley?
6: Flat Stanley was this thing that they would make kids take a picture with as like a way of uh, you would mail him Uh, to different people on different like continents and countries and all that as a way of like pen pal sort of communication okay and so you would send someone flat stanley and they would take a picture with flat stanley stanley and that's how you knew that flat stanley had like made it to the people you were communicating with across the world
4: that does sound very fun to me
5: this is probably like (laughs) if there's younger people listening to this who grew up with like tiktok and all this stuff are probably like man people did insane stuff when they were kids in like <laughs> yes. the 90s like it must sound just so wild
6: just the just the very concept of pimp pals yeah. is the, is in my mind one of the most um, uh uh embarrassing things that we could have done for generations, we were just writing random kids and being like, "Yo, I don't yeah. have enough friends. Will you be one of them?"
7: <laughs> yeah.
4: My, my, but my friend from Chicago, Louie, he said when he was a kid, he was pen pals with, um, he was pen pals with Soleil Moon Frye. Is that I, I might have put the wrong emphasis on the wrong words, but Punky Brewster was his pen pal.
6: Whoa! Wow. I know.
4: I don't. I should find out more information. Like, was it pre? Like, at what point?
5: Right. That sounds like maybe that's a made up story. It's
4: true. Okay. He's not a liar, Jonah. Okay, I knew I you were going to say that. <laughs> don't doubt my friend.
5: It, it sounds like something you would say though in like sixth grade. Like oh, I know, yeah, but Punky he said it man. when we were
4: like doing improv in Chicago, I believe.
5: Him. Okay, well,
4: I mean, he if he made it up, it would actually be really. It, I, I'm pretty sure it's true. Well, I'm maybe, gonna get confirmation.
6: Yeah, I I feel like you got to do some some digging yeah. on this. Thanks, and this so would maybe be a good you, thing maybe you to can bring do an back. On this, <laughs> yeah, you want to bring this back in another episode and be like, yeah. hey, quick update, y'all. Turns out he's a uh, yeah a sick liar, and he he led me on for years, believing that Punky Brewster was his. Yeah,
4: which would be very sad. <laughs> but Vanessa. Th-
6: Uh, Vanessa, what are your thoughts
4: on uh, 3D Doritos? Honestly, I'm kind of a nostalgia on it because you you know I hadn't really thought about the bugles element, Langston. But I do think like you're right. It's like you know, stick to what you do. You guys are you know you already have like carved out such a wonderful space for yourselves in the Mm -hmm. snack world, and like yeah, it's like who needs it? And also like. How, you know, I, I, I don't want to burn um, uh, Rachel F- F- Fernando uh, <laughs> <laughs> of Frito-Lay North America, but, um, you know, it, have some self-awareness, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and look, if Doritos ever wants me to do a commercial, I'll do it. But, like, have some self-awareness <laughs> of, like, you know, that's... I don't know that it's going to bring that many people joy, you know, and, and if it is, you already, you know, I, I have a lot of thoughts and they're not coming together in a great way, but I'm a nostalgia for it.
6: I, I, I agree. I think you put it together just fine. Thank you. The people that want this don't need it. Let's, yeah. let's not yeah. give it to them.
4: I, yeah, jo- I'm, an, Jonah, I'm you, a nostalgia.
5: Yeah. Also, um, I think Rachel just lost me with that statement about, <laughs> about the snacking revolving for snacking times of a new generation. It feels just a bit self-important it's like you took a dorito and just copied a bugle yeah,
4: yeah. It's like this, you didn't, this yeah this bugle thing really it, it basically makes a decision for us yeah mm-hmm.
5: yeah <laughs> so uh, great we're all all three nostalgists for that one um the next one um is about the tlc reunion mm. um tlc who are the best-selling american female group of all time um just announced their 2020 2020 2021 Celebration of Crazy Sexy Cool National Tour. Um 18 cities featuring uh T-Boz and Chilli. They're going to perform songs from the 1994 diamond certified album 27 years later. The 90s themed shows will feature fan interaction, 90s fashion, surprise guests and more. Joining TLC is Bone Thugs and Harmony plus special guests.
4: Oh. That
5: hey, I, I'm a nostalgia for that. Nostalgia. That's,
6: that's pretty cool.
4: I agree. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Were you a big TLC fan? Uh
6: I was uh deeply in love with uh with each member at different points in my yeah. life, I think. I think uh Chilli was my my original first love and then I think uh I uh, eventually realized Left Eye was was uh, beautiful in her own right and then super sad when she died and then of course T-Boz who could not love T-Boz so yeah I loved it. and their music was amazing yeah I was into yeah. them they were
4: great and and did you by the way did you um, did you see the VH1 2013 like the, when they did like the like movie about their lives where like people played them
6: I did not uh, <laughs> I valued my time and respected them too much <laughs> to uh revisit okay. whatever the attempt was going to be at i think wasn't kiki palmer uh yes. one of the
4: the yes.
5: yeah no i no i
6: didn't know that i
4: actually yeah okay well i thought it was good jonah <laughs> jonah was we both into saw it, it i
5: think separately and never talked about it I was like did you see that documentary that that weird movie about them and she was like yeah i was like yeah i saw it too and like I was like, it's came "Pretty out. good,
4: right?" And Jonah's like, "No." And so we were going to have you kind of um, be the like deciding, but but respect that. I respect that. Um,
6: <laughs> I can't say I'm. I'm not going to be that person that says it's bad because I chose not to see. Yes. it. So yes. yeah, Smart. you chose not Ride to a see. Stalemate it. Yes. once again.
0: Yes. Well,
5: I got some good news because the same announcement they said a two-hour documentary special biography TLC is going to come out on A and E in 2022. Oh, nice. So, that'll be like a legit a gi- yeah because they have
4: such an interesting story too right Where like they were selling so many records and everything and they were they were like making no money right like they yeah. got into a whole i feel like every
6: artist before like 2000 pretty much uh, got scammed out of most of their wealth like yeah i, I was watching this thing about cisco the other day and uh the thong song obviously his biggest hit his most classic sort of like song and as it turns out he makes almost no money on the thong song because of that living la Vida loca line that like (gasps) he go he because he threw that in there and in the studio session they go hey man I don't think we could clear that and he goes nah it's cool I know Ricky Martin's people I'll take care of it and then never does and they release the song and Ricky Martin's people hear it and they sue the shit out of them and then they settle and basically have to give like crazy points on every uh, play just to be able to satiate you know the 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 hole wow. that he, he sort of
4: created. Cisco, follow up on your
5: yeah that happened. A, that also happened with that um, that Verve song, Bittersweet Symphony. Mm. It's like that main song. So a sample from the Rolling Stones, and I think like they ended up getting like no Rolling Stones got like all the publishing from the song because of some kind of deal. I mean, yeah, that was like the era where that kind of stuff would happen. It's so crazy. And any thoughts on Bone Thugs and Harmony? Big fan.
4: We're we're Day from fam. Cleveland, and Jenna. I don't know if you remember this. People would see. We had a mall in our suburb called Beachwood Place, mm-hmm. in, in, and and um, people would see <laughs> once in a while. They would see Bone Thugs at Beachwood Place, and they would be like, <laughs> they would come into school, and they would be like, "I was at Beachwood Place and Bone Thugs." Were, it's like it it was like a very suburban mall, so it sure. just feels so funny like that that people would see them there, and um, but it was like. Those were the only, like. Those were like the celebrities that would like. You know, they'd sometimes go. to... There was like, you could sometimes see them at, at Beechwood Place, and that was just like kept everybody.
6: I can tell it was suburban because you're like, we saw bone thugs and it's not naming which bone thug. It's <laughs> yeah, not, it's not, we saw no. crazy bone. It's just like, no. we saw all of bone thugs together. They shop at the mall at
4: once. <laughs> yes. I can think of like three times someone said to me, we saw bone thugs. Nobody ever called anyone by name. That's a really good point. It was like, point.
5: we saw wishbone. It was
6: cool.
4: <laughs>
5: i don't remember that i i I don't remember that but i'm sure
4: i'm sure i remember a bunch of times people like coming back from Beachwood place and being so excited about it
5: last did you have any celebrity sightings at any like chicago area malls growing up oh at the mall Mm, i don't
6: think so i think i was a little too suburban but not in a in a way that celebrities would come to our mall it was more like suburban sad suburban if that makes sense like the north riverside mall was more a place where you could uh buy some Pelly Pelly jeans and then get shot at depending on the time of day you went um so i yeah no i didn't see anybody there i did I, i would say the the biggest celebrity interaction i had as a kid was uh going to chicago state uh, university like one time and I was like 15 and Kanye's mom was the uh was a professor there and so she had him basically give like a a talk to kids high school kids who were visiting and so there were like 300 of us sitting in, and this is before college dropout even came out just listening to kanye make beats on the table and like he was doing like spaceships and like all kinds of songs that ended up on college dropout on the table and being like yeah that's gonna be a hit right here and check out this new thing i'm working on and he'd like sing a new thing and we were like this dude's crazy it's so cool so yeah i I knew oh i knew i saw kanye before (laughs) he uh before he turned into a different kanye
5: wow that is really amazing
4: yeah yeah, it yeah. was a
6: fun that it it's pretty cool. I got to see him like two or three times before college dropout even existed, and that was like a a, a wild wow. transition to watch. You know what I mean? Yeah.
4: So okay, so this is a yes, nostalgia for you. This TLC, yes,
6: absolutely.
4: I agree. I'm also yes, nostalgia for this. I'm also, I was. Yes, I'm in, I was yeah. very obsessed with them, and um, at camp we did a lip singing contest to waterfalls, and I memorized the rap. that left eye does and it's only uh, like recently that i'm like oh i don't have to tell everybody that (laughs) (laughs) i'm like i don't have to do it for people at carry like i don't have to like be so proud of that it's sort of like it's actually making me less (laughs) likable.
6: i will say that wasn't a weird way for you to introduce yourself to me but (laughs) i enjoyed it just not exactly what i was expecting
5: yeah, you've done some other stuff, Vanessa. You don't have to lead with that. Still,
4: it's a really. It is a. Re- it takes a lot of skill to do that. It's a very. <laughs> hey, hey,
5: I'm Vanessa, and uh, I saw a rainbow yesterday. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry that I brought that up first.
5: So great. So we got three just for that.
4: Okay, three just for that. Okay, now finally, Verizon has brought back um, the Motorola Razor flip phone. Mm. Okay. And the new version has a full touchscreen and all the capabilities of a smartphone, but it folds in half like the classic Razer phone. But where, rather than um, a phone that becomes the size of a tablet when you flip it open, it just, when you flip it open, it becomes the size of a normal smartphone and then it folds up so that it could like, gets really small, like it could fit in your pocket.
6: Mm. I, it's a nostalgia for me. I... <laughs> I had to hear it all the way through, but I think I knew <laughs> I was going to say no right from the beginning. Yeah, I could
4: tell you kind of wanted to say no to it. And I kind of kept giving you details. <laughs> I
6: heard Motorola and I was like, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> I survived those years. I don't need to go back to whatever that experience was of weird colored Motorola razors.
5: Yeah, I, I I agree. Oh, and this we didn't mention. Um, It's the phone cost fifteen hundred dollars
6: whoa yeah whoa
4: I guess it's like imagine if you could fold your computer in half I, I think I want to take this back already but just thinking I was about I like, say that's what laptops do they fold in half no no but I mean if you could no you're absolutely but I think like these ones you fold the screen in half but am I wrong
5: yeah I think oh. you fold it's like, an, it's like your, your iPhone could just fold in half and be mm. like half as tall yeah but then
6: it's like so it's stubby. So, so it's thicker, it's, I would yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm good. That that doesn't sound good. You know, if they want to bring back a phone that I think would have a, a big impact, bring back the sidekick. I really yeah. enjoyed that the sidekick. I thought that, that it it was innovative at the time and, and deserves another shot. You know what I mean?
4: Yeah.
5: Yeah. Sidekick was I felt like was really like when texting kind of first came out. If you had mm-hmm. a sidekick, it was like you could really really get into it right versus like having to do the whole t9 you know yeah did you ever have a sidekick links
6: i didn't and i was terribly jealous of everybody who did
4: yeah yeah what was
6: the one it was the sidekick and there was the one that you that you chirp where you could like chirp people with it and i don't remember what it was called but it was uh it, yeah it just was there were like tail. next yeah tail. the next, next tail, tail. i wanted to sidekick in the next tail and yeah. i got neither and for some reason that worked out for me you know in the long run <laughs> i guess yeah i don't know yeah
4: i always wanted the nokia like that when they first came out the nokia phones that came in different colors like you could get like it in like pastel pink or blue and i remember some some like girls magazine reading it and being like all the celebs have like pastel colored
6: phones <laughs> oh like the the little nokia brick like, like the, the, yeah
4: those little yeah yeah like they had literally no like it, you couldn't do anything on them except make phone calls but
6: that's not true you could play snake and that was a real fun game uh before we realized that other games existed
4: oh okay okay All right. Well, maybe I should have gotten one.
5: I feel like this would be cool if we didn't already just have like iPhones and regular smartphones. Mm -hmm. Like this would be cool if it was like taking us from the flip phone to this. But I feel like it's kind of like a step backwards a little bit.
6: Yeah, it's it's you're reintroducing Jinko jeans, and like right. I get it. There's like a nostalgic sort of uh uh want here for some people, but this isn't a great investment for most people. So, I, but I guess pass. they pr-
5: price it so high that it's just for people who are really rich to think it's like nostalgic. I don't know who the audience is. Yeah, yeah.
4: is it? Yeah,
5: I can't imagine paying fifteen dollars, one hundred dollars for any phone
4: personally. No
6: that's you gotta be you gotta like own a museum and, and yeah really, you know what i mean put that next to a picasso i guess and just say, yeah these are both art that nobody else uh, could afford
4: yeah. yeah
5: when me and my wife are out at the grocery store or something if like produce is really expensive i'll be like and i made this joke to vanessa yesterday too about something i'll, I'll be like does this thing come with wi-fi um it's like kind of my go-to joke and this phone i guess actually does come with wi-fi whoa um, so the joke doesn't totally work but just my way of saying like yeah you gotta give me more
4: yeah when it when it comes to like technology stuff it feels like the joke is
5: <laughs> that doesn't work as well with technology when everything has wi-fi now
4: okay so that's a nostalgia for you langston jonah it sounds like it's a nostalgia for you
5: yeah, it's, I don't want it. It's too much money. Uh, I don't, yeah, it's a nostalgia. Just why?
4: Yeah, um, I would say it's a nostalgia for me too. Um, although I'm curious if the price point comes down a little bit, you know, I'm a consumer. I love products. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so, but for the moment, it's a nostalgia for me as well. So I think we got two nostalgias and a yes-stalgia. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, which, and I think we're all agreed on all of them, which is yeah, pretty impressive. Yeah. We're on the same page.
4: On the same page, totally.
5: We
6: we synced up and we we made it happen together and I like that.
4: Yes, same. Well Langston, thank you so much for being here with us today. It was such a delight talking to you and what a pleasure. Is there a place where people can find you other than your Wonderful podcast. My mama told me.
6: Yeah, you can you can find me at Langston Kerman on all platforms. It's just uh, Instagram, Twitter. That that it's at Langston Kerman, and yeah, you'll find me. I'll be there.
5: That was really fun, Vanessa. Uh, thanks so much to Langston for joining us and everyone for listening. If you enjoyed that, please subscribe to the podcast and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird, where we will discuss more <laughs> stories from our child, Vanessa Dominguez. where we will discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural touchstones like and one mixtapes
3: That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine tingling shows on AE Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Haya. Searching for something extreme? Check out